Okay, Bob. So you know what this is, of course. It's another episode of Let's Chat Sales. Let's Chat Sales. And today, let's talk about the little things that add up to developing trust in a relationship. Which is a big thing. Yeah, which turns into a very big thing. Without trust, you're not going to get the business. Yes. And with trust, it becomes not about price. It becomes about being able to rely on someone. That you know, and uh, so let's let's kind of get partnership, right? Yeah, the partnership and the, the practicality of knowing that if you've developed a, enough trust and reliability with a relationship, what happens is the customer comes to rely on that, and they don't want to go and find a new vendor. They don't want to find someone else because you've proven yourself to be reliable. The switching cost of finding a new partner is a drag. They'd much rather go off and do something new than switch out someone who's developed a level of trust and reliability that they can they can count on. It's like that friend you have from 25 years ago that you know is a knucklehead and every now and then he or she does a knucklehead thing and you yes. accept it, but they also do great things. They, always yeah. rem they remember your birthday and it's the same thing in business. And, I think, and, and, and you can't replace that person very easily. The effort right. it to, to invest and find someone and, and, and vet them and then replace that friend, you know, in that, in that example. That's a big task and nobody, people don't want to do that. They want to, they want as little change in their life as possible. Right. And we know from, I don't know if you ever read the book, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Yeah. But you know, The Go-Giver is all about the no like and trust factor. Yeah. You know so, someone, you like them and you trust them. And the hardest one is trust. So right. you you were telling me earlier that you're in a situation where you've had a whole bunch of little things come together to potentially lead you to something big. What are some of those little things, Brandon? So I've been working on a deal of some of some size for us, for my startup. And and it's in a new area. And there are a lot of little things that ingredients, little components that have built up and, and made this kind of the relationships sort of work. And the deal's not quite done yet, so knock on wood, but it, it's looking quite encouraging. And I think the first thing was that one of the ingredients is following up right away. And kind of being very proactive in terms of your response back to them, not not salesy, but just, you know, matter of fact, informational, but responsive in a quick way. He, this fellow happened, a new vendor or new potential partner for us in the social media space, and he reached out, had some curiosity about what we do. And I got the email and I responded back right away with a, just a quick email that says, here's what we do, blah, blah, blah. And this is where the overlap might be. And. Would love to chat and not a sales pitch, not a sales pitch at all. Just to, Hey, here's where I think the overlap is. I like what you guys do, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, but just so very, very soft, very, yeah. Very kind of open the door to whatever is possible. So then nothing really happened for a day or two. A day. <laughs> You're right. too funny. Right? So I, nothing really happened for a day. Do you expect stuff to happen in a day? Well, like I sent an email and sometimes you expect an email right back and you don't get it. And so, so I waited a day and his phone numbers and the, email. So I called him and say, you know, Joe, what, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just happened to Wait, do this. Are you up. old or something, Brendan? Picking up the phone and calling someone? Yeah. That's another thing, right? Is that just the <laughs> idea of picking up the phone because, uh, and this is where I go back to text and email. We'll have to do a whole episode on that. Yeah. We'll text Take the phone. Yeah. That's good. Te yeah. It's text and email. Sidekick 101. Up, always right? be thinking ahead. That's right. So yeah, text and email are fine. They have their place. But as I've said multiple times, there's no nuance and there's, you know, it's easy to mistake and, or misinterpret a statement that's written. It's, and there's not a lot of information in some of these statements. 
and a conversation is much can be much more well it's much more fluid it's much more it's obviously real time and and you get to know the other person and so i picked up the phone called him we chatted for a bit and and we sort of got into it in terms of what they needed and what they were and i started that conversation not by pitching what we do but by asking what they were looking to do and what their issues were and just discovery you know just a few th- and then and but that- not discovery like i've got to make the sale no but discovery just to understand yeah to see if there's even worth more investment on either party's part right yeah. right cuz just- i think that's a real big distinction because i can ask questions brendan you know hey so have you ever had a coach before Oh, you did. How much did you pay for that coach? What did he do for you? Or I can ask you, hey, what are some of the challenges you're facing? Yeah. And those so, are very different questions yeah. and very different intent. Yeah. So yeah, my questions were like, so let me know a little bit more about it. Here's what I understand about what you do. What am I missing? What should I know about what you do? What are you trying to accomplish? Because we're it was a it's a data product. What would you like to do? And then and then kind of brainstorm, you know, asking a question like, oh, if we did this, would that help? Yes, no. And so it's you're just trying to help problem solve and brainstorm and and kind of do some what if with them. And that sort of thing is rather unique with salespeople. A lot of salespeople go right into feature pitch. You know, the, here's the benefit. This is what we do. You'll really like this. A lot of most customers, they know what they want or or if they don't, they'll explain what their problem is. And then you kind of work to the solution. So I think that 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 worked, that helped out a lot. My ongoing responsiveness was a big thing. The fact that he was on a time tight time frame. He's got money. He needs to spend it. Or the company needs to spend it. They've got it. It's got to be done this year. So I, he's on a what, what I call a bomb run. He's he's got to get this done by a certain time. The other and thing you found was, that out through your discovery. Yeah, right, right. And it came up because he, at, you know, at, at some point he felt like he felt comfortable telling me that he could. And then the thing that I think that really solidified it is. I came back to him and said, hey, I have no idea how to price this. This is a new product for us. We've not done this. We know that we've got some value here. But like, give me, a, like, give me some rough order of idea. And he came back like, I said, I'm serious. I, I mean, we're just we're neophytes. This. I have no idea what, I mean, is this a buck a record? Is it, is it five bucks a record? What is it? And then he, he went on to explain. He sort of educated me. And it was, it was genuine curiosity in my part and genuine willingness. It was a genuine willingness to not know. And, and that is a very disarming thing for customers, you know, for anyone. If you're in a position where you can, where you're willing to say, Hey, I don't know the answer to this. Can you help me out? People will step up and, and that's a great way to develop trust. But you established a rapport with them first by asking questions that said, I genuinely want to understand. I'm not selling you. If you're in a hardcore sales mode and you ask, I really don't know how to price this, it's the setup. You know exactly how to price it. They're going to say, oh, we'll price it this way and go, no, I have a better way. Well, I don't know. I, so I, I think your mutuality of discovery was really key to that, right? Yeah, but at the same time, like I said at the beginning, it's a new product. We had not sold this before. So I was really, it is, and we really hadn't, we hadn't thought, we thought about at some point selling it, but selling this sort of thing, but we didn't know. We don't, we just, we didn't know. So why not say it? At least that's a style that works for me because I, it comes across as genuine. It comes across. And so, you know, and, I, and I'd probably establish I know enough about the industry and about what we do and what, where the overlap might be in terms of the questions and the comments that I made that it, like it, it made my lack of knowledge in this other area seem credible. Right. So now you said you said a minute ago that you were going to sell records. Are you selling 78s, 33s or 45s? 
selling uh, data records, Bob. But data records, okay, okay, all right, uh, all right. Data file, yeah. Okay. Big, big ass data file. So, so then I think the next thing was, I put together like a, a, what I call you know a draft proposal, and it had some stuff missing. It had some ideas in it. It had some additional stuff that that I thought we might be of might be of value. And then and then around it, the question is this a value? I don't know. You take it. You got to tell me. And I think that worked well. And also, one of the things I did that I think was helpful was I sent the, the proposal just to him. Previously, it had been to multiple different people, you know, like the, in the conversation. He was the key guy. I hadn't spoken to other people, but other people had been copied in. But when I put the proposal together, I just sent it just to him. And by doing so, it allowed me to kind of establish that, hey, you're the guy. You're the decision maker. You know, I want your feedback. You know, I trust you to give me good advice. And he doesn't have other people looking over his shoulder at the proposal and weighing in. So he, he kind of has some control over it. It's a bit of a gamble, but in this case, it, it worked so far. It's worked well for me. And, and that, I think that's one of the things that the understanding how you can develop trust. Developing trust tends to happen on a one-on-one basis. It doesn't happen in a group setting. You can do things that benefit you, that kind of, that kind of establish that your character and your credibility uh, in a group setting, but trust is oftentimes developed one-on-one and it's, it's that ability to be, you know, to be candid and vulnerable. And, and I just find that in most cases, the opportunity to, to have really meaningful conversations happens much more on a one-on-one basis. I couldn't agree more. I think it's hard with a group because there's so many different factors. The, yeah. the other thing I really like Brendan about what you're saying, and it took me a long time in sales to realize it is the less I'm focused on making the sale, the more opportunities arise. Because yeah. when you get to this place where you're just having that discussion, discovering what's going on, I've been in meetings where someone says something and it's like, you know, we do that. Like, oh, I didn't know you did that. Oh yeah, we do that. Or that's on our list for six months from now. Yeah. And yeah. you don't get that when you go in and say, here's my product or here's my service. Right. You buy my widget. This is my widget, like it or lump it take it or leave it. And I think what you did is really open the door to that broader discussion, which I find leads to a bigger partnership. It's often yeah. that person coming back to you in three or six months or a year and going, hey, Brendan, you were so good at figuring out this for us. Yeah. This this seems like something you could figure out for us. Can we bring you into this meeting? And next yeah. thing you know, right. they have a new product or service that you didn't even think of that is a natural extension of what you're doing. Yep. Yep. One of the things I will often do in a sales call that I think is really helpful is to say, here's where we're really good. And here's where we're not good. If I'm in a coaching situation or you know, I'm talking to someone about coaching mm-hmm. or I'm talking about some sort of product or something that some, here's, here, I'll say, this is what we're really good at. We're at the, in this space. If you're in this area, if this, if, if this is the sort mm-hmm. of thing you want to try and accomplish, we're really good at that. We have a lot of references and we've got a lot of experience and we can go. But if you're, if you're talking about going over here and doing this thing, that's, I mean, we can do that. We're not as solid at that. We're not, that's not our strength. And then that gives them the ability to make a decision about whether or not they, you know, how important is it to be good at something versus how important is it to be working with someone who you can trust? And you'd be surprised how often people will go for the latter because it's, they want someone that they can bank on, that they can deal with, they can work with, you know, but without having to go to a contract. If you have to go to a contract and point out, hey, you promised to do this, right? that relationship is shot, in my opinion. Yes. So, so the ability to, to get people, and, and yeah, to your point, 
being able to say, yeah, we don't do that, back away, not try and make the sale if, it, if it's not a fit. Then I think, yeah, there's, I talk about that all the time. That's just critically important in your sales processes. Like if you worry about making the sale, then you're, you're worried about the wrong thing. And if you make, and if you worry about trying to solve the problem and make sure there's a fit, the chances are the fit will find itself. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll find that opportunity. So the last thing I'll say on this topic that I think is, I, again, I don't, this deal isn't done yet, but it could be, but he explained where his budget was, what he could afford at one point. He finally said, I said, I want to be at X. And he said, I can't do that. You know, it may be worth that, but here's what I have. And, uh, and here's what I can do. I, I could probably go to this. And I bid, I proposed back something that was about 10% less than that. So it gave him some room. We can afford to do this. And then added optional updates for mm-hmm. 10K and 10K and 10K for in the future. And by doing so, that allowed him to, you know, he can, he can buy now. He's in within his threshold, well within his budget threshold. But I have the opportunity to, up, to get additional new updates that are not that costly for us to do, but that allow us to get some additional revenue down the road. And I think that is going to, he's going to find that another thing where I'm not taking every dollar off the table. And right. I find that if you can afford to, to not be greedy, the, the opportunities, and the opportunities present themselves more. And the long game is valuable. Yeah, yeah. It the quick hits don't always work out. Yeah, exactly. Long-term clients are a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah. So they're happier. They, yeah. they trust you more, and their checks always clear. Yep, that's right. That's right. Which is so, which is important. Yeah. Well, I think we kicked this around enough today, Brendan. I think we did. I think Can we do one. another one real soon? Yeah, let's do one. We have. Yeah, we're we're due. Yeah. All right. All right. Hey, if you liked what you heard, can you do us two favors? One, rate us on whatever platform, if it's Apple or Google, say how great we are. We'd love five stars. Brendan will tolerate four stars. I will go into a deep dark depression at four. It's a B. Solid B. The other thing you can do is share this with someone who needs to hear it. It'll make a big difference in someone's life. You know that person. Just send it to them with a little note. I was listening to these two knuckleheads. You should listen to them too. We'd appreciate both of those things. And there's a course too, Bob. There is a course. Yes, talk about that. September 26th, launching a course, sales course, 28-day sprint. There'll be more details in the doobly-doo, but uh, you should check it out, and I'll put a link in the the doobly-doo. All right? Okay. All right. right. Sounds good. A lot going on. All right. You bet. See you, Bob. See you. Okay, that was another episode of Let's Chat Sales, a quick one, of course, and I hope it was helpful. And if it was, please like and subscribe, and more importantly, share it with your friends. There should be something right here you could point to and click on and try that out. It should be good. I'm, it's probably good. It's certainly short. It's probably helpful. And uh, thanks for listening or watching.